on what we started last week on uh, determination, refusing to be denied. Determination, refusing to be denied. I'm going to read our three foundational scriptures and then we'll go into the word. Matthew 11 verse 12 says, From the time of John the baptizer until now, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful people have been seizing it. Christianity is not for people who are lazy. Christianity is not for people who don't want to make an impact. Everything you get in the kingdom of God, your promises given to you, your, your future, your assignment, the purpose for which you were born, everything you have to forcefully get it. You have to forcefully get it. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24. He says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one person receives the prize. You don't have two people in second place. It's always one person win the prize. He says, run in such a way that you are the one that will obtain it. When you have a race, when you have a marathon, a lot of people start. A crowd, they will start. But come an hour later, everybody is falling off. And there's that one person who is running hard. What is the difference in that person? They made up their mind that they will not quit. They made up their mind they will not give up. Are they in pain like the others? Yes. Are they cramping like the others? Yes. Are they tired like the other people? Yes, they are. But that person, the one thing that makes the difference is they have determined in their heart that they will not give up. That they will win and obtain that prize. Philippians chapter 3 verses 12 to 14. It says, not that I have already attained or I am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. He laid hold of me because he refused to give up. He laid hold of me. That's why he took all the pain and the suffering because he was looking ahead and he saw me in the future. And he said, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit because I can see Angela in the future that she's going to love me and she's going to work for the kingdom. I will take whatever pain I have to take. Because he saw that Jesus refused to let go. And the Bible is telling us, because he laid hold of me, I also have to lay hold of what he has given me to do. And to do that, I must be determined. I must refuse to be denied. He says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, one thing. I said last week that find out, find that one thing, thing. Sometimes when you are doing too many things, you divide yourself, you divide your energy, you divide your strength, and you can't focus well. Find that one thing. One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward. To those things which are ahead. It's always ahead. It's always ahead, not backwards. 
And to reach for those things, you have to press. He says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Last week I said there are three people in life, both Christians and non-Christians alike. There are three kinds of people. Those that run, first of all, those that walk. When you are walking, you have a whole crowd with you. A lot of people walking. When you decide to run, some will fall off. You might have some running with you. But when you decide to soar like the wind, like the eagle, you are going to be by yourself. You don't see two eagles flying together. It's always one eagle soaring all by itself. If you want to be that eagle, be ready to soar, then you have to remember that it takes determination. It takes a little bit more than just the one who is walking and just the one who is running. And I said last week, why, why, why do we have, why do we have to be determined? Why? Why can't we just have it fall on our laps? If God said it, God can do it. No, 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 no. That's where we have been cheated in the, in the faith. We have been told, claim it and grab it. Just say it and say it and say it, but don't do anything about it, it will come. That is a lie. That is a big lie. Any success you have in life, be it Christian success, be it secular success, is 10% inspiration and 90% sweat. 90% sweat. So don't, nobody should believe that it's just going to fall. Oh God, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, uh, uh, be called to the nations. It was prophesied to me. I'm going to be called to the nations. Baby is work. He's staying up all night preparing what to preach. He's calling the prayer by yourself, praying all night by yourself. He's giving up some comfort. That's where we've been cheated. And so we see believers that are not really pressing. You see gifts in people. You see it. They talk and they, they talk with you and, and they, they, you, you get to know them and you're like, oh my God, you have all of this in you? But timidity, we are shy. We are, we've been told that we can't do it and so we just stay back. No, no more. No more. We're going to be determined. We're going to refuse to be denied. What is ours? We're going to get it. Look at what the Bible says in Job chapter 28 verse 7. In the New Living Translations. It says there are treasures no bird of prey can see. No falcon's eye can observe. No wild animal has ever walked upon these treasures. No lion has ever set his paw there. People who know how to tear apart flinty rocks, those who, that's the people we are. No matter how hard it is, we go there and we tear that rock apart. And we overturn the roots of the mountains. Do you know how roots are when they are in the mountain? They are deep and they are inside that stone, that, that rugged place. It says we are the people that will go in there and tear those things apart and overturn all of those roots. It says where the treasures are that nobody knows. Look at it. Verse, go ahead, Teresa. Verse, verse 10. It says they cut tunnels in the rocks. And uncover precious stones. The precious stones, you have to tear the rock and get after it. They dam up the trickling streams and bring to light the hidden treasures. That takes determination. 
It takes determination to go where no falcon eyes has observed. It takes determination to go and pick those treasures where no one has walked on, where no lion has set his paw. His paw. It takes determination. Can we do it? Can we do it, people? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And I said last week, the world needs you. That's why you have to do these things. You have to be determined to bring out that thing that is in you. Because the world needs it. Without you, there is no light out there. Without you, their life is in decay out there. You are the light of the world. Nothing is impossible with anyone here. The Bible says with God, as long as you are with God, nothing will be impossible to you. And I said it won't be easy, but you will recover everything that you have lost and you will get everything that has been assigned to you. And finally, I said you don't mind people. People will always talk. No, the truth is, when you are doing better than most people, they don't want you to su- succeed. That's just the truth. As, as hard as it is to hear, there are some people that don't want you to succeed. There are people that are talking behind you to, as I'm talking to you now. Like I said last week, you call yourself the woman, but they call you the woman with the issue of blood. You call yourself Bartimaeus, they call you blind Bartimaeus. That's just life. So are you going to let, because they say you're blind Bartimaeus, shut up and you're not going to scream and say Jesus of Nazareth? You will do what you have to do. They call you the woman, woman with the issue of blood. You're not going to press to touch the arm of his garment. You are going to press. So don't mind people. Don't mind people. Don't mind them. You do what God has called you to do. You are answering to God only, not to any human being. Amen? And so we talked last week just briefly on a woman who was a portrait of determination. And today I'm going to continue on that vein. Let's talk about Ruth. Ruth was a woman who was determined. Let's see how Ruth... How her determination, what she did, and the benefits she, she derived from being a determined woman. We are going to go start in Ruth chapter 1 verses 14 to 18. It says, then they lifted up their voices and wept again. Now a little background to the story. Naomi and her husband left Judah, left Jerusalem, and went to Moab because there was famine in Jerusalem. So they went to Moab with their two sons. And while they were in Moab, her husband, Naomi's husband died, and her two sons died also. While they were there, they married, the two sons married two women that are Moabites, Ruth and Orpah. And so when the two sons died and her husband died, Naomi heard that the famine in her land was over, that God was beginning to bless the people, and she decided to go back to Judah. And as she was going, the two daughter-in-laws wanted to go with her. And so that's where we pick up the story, because she told them, she said, don't go with me. You need to go back to your people, get married, you're young, go marry and, and bear children. And they refused, and they said, no, we're going to go with you. Then that's where we pick up on verse, in verse 14. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Opa kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. One, one version says she wept, she kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, and she went back. It says, but Ruth clung to her. 
Sometimes you have to cling to that purpose. Amen? With determination. Verse 15, and she said, Look, your sister-in-law, that's uh, Naomi now told Ruth, Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. Listen to this verse 18. That's where I picked this from. And when Ruth saw that Naomi was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. That alone, that's just a sermon on its own. Because when you make up your mind, the devil will stop speaking to you. When you determine in your heart to do something, Satan knows he's lost already. When she determined to, to go with Ruth, uh, to, with, with, with Naomi, Naomi knew there was no point. Naomi stopped speaking. Ruth number one, what are the lessons we are going to learn from this? And this will happen to every one of us. Ruth here was in, at a crossroad. She was at a crossroad, you know, the Bible says, Upper kissed her mother, good, good mother-in-law goodbye and, and she left. She went back to what was convenient. She went back to the comfort of her people. She went back to maybe to get married again, and, which is not bad. Which is not bad, but we didn't hear about her after that. Ruth that was willing to do something different, that was clinging to purpose, that was determined to, to follow the God that she has come to know. To follow him, even though she didn't know where it was going to take her. She was at a crossroad. There were three of them that started the journey, but how many ended it? She was the only one that, that, that decided to really go all the way with, with, with Naomi. Don't be easily persuaded to give up. Don't be easily persuaded. Sometimes, even those you love will tell you it's too much. Calm down. Don't put this thing on your head now. Are you the only Christian? Are you the only pastor? Do you have to do this? Do you have to do that? Calm down. No, 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 no. Determination says you're going to cling to it as if your life depends on it. We're always going to be at a crossroad in everything we do in life. There's always that thing that's telling you to take the easy road. But then there's that thing inside of you that says, no, it might be hard. Take the hard road. We are going to be there. Only you can make the choice. The Bible says here, she was steadfastly determined. And that takes me to number two. Ruth was determined. We read that. It says, Ruth says, entreat me not to leave you. Or to turn from following after you. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will... That is determination. I mean, how do you even do that? You don't even know where you're going to. This woman has been gone 10 years at least. She doesn't even know you're saying all of this. 
He says, the Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts you from me. And then when Ruth saw that she, when Naomi saw that she was determined to go, in Ruth, that same verse in, in King James Version says, when she saw that she was steadfastly minded. Steadfastly minded. She wasn't forced. She wasn't coerced. She just made up her mind. You know, we have to make up our mind to study the word of God. Nobody's going to make up our mind for us. You have to be steadfastly minded to read your Bible, to, to pray, to, to witness to people that you see. You have to be, we have to be steadfastly minded. No matter the opposition that comes our way. Because once you make up your mind, nobody can change your mind. We know that. We all know that. We know that. People change our mind when we haven't made up our mind. The minute you make up your mind to do something, nobody can change your mind. The Bible says Ruth was steadfastly minded. She made up her mind. Number three, Ruth lived one day at a time. She lived one day at a time and she lived by faith. I'm talking about the person with the spirit of determination. That once you make up your mind to do that one thing that you know the Lord has put in your heart or has called you to do, that one thing that you are desiring for it to happen, that breakthrough that you want and God has told you this is what you need to do, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to do to see it happen. To come out of debt, for example. Oh, I want, you need to stop this, you need to stop that, you need to do this. Or in your home, there's so much conflict between wife and husband. And God is telling you, okay, I need you to do this woman or man, I need you to do this for you to have that ideal marriage you are praying for. When you've made up your mind to do that, you have to live by faith. You have to live by faith. And you have to take it one day at a time. Let's see what Ruth, in Ruth 2, 22 to 23, how she did that. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It will be good for you, my daughter, to go with the women who work for Boaz now. She's met Boaz in the field. Because in someone else's field, you may be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the women of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvest were finished. So that's telling us she went every day. She went every day and stayed close to the women, listened to her mother-in-law, and stayed with the women every day to gather wheat to feed herself and her mother-in-law. She didn't go and say, okay, I have enough for tomorrow. I won't go tomorrow. She went every day. She had to trust God every day to provide what she needed. She had to pray and ask God to lead her to the right place, the right people she would be with that would purposely leave stuff for her. It was a daily thing, and that's what God is telling us, that have made up our mind to do certain things for the Lord. Sometimes don't go ahead of yourself. Let the Lord lead you one step at a time, one direction at a time. Don't run ahead of God. Sometimes we run ahead of God and we make so many mistakes and it just keeps, I mean, keeps us like going back and round and round in a circle. She trusted God daily. 
Rely on Him daily. Live one day at a time. And you can't live in the past also. You can't live in the past also. And you will see that when we go ahead, how Ruth was, how everybody called Ruth, the name they gave her. Did she let that deter, deter her from what she wanted to do? No. Number three, Ruth was a hard worker. That woman worked hard. Someone who is determined, like I said, is not lazy. If you are a determined woman, if you are a determined man, you want God to do something with your life, you want to have a breakthrough, a success that just blows everybody's mind, you have to work hard. Ruth chapter 2 verses 5 to 7. Then Boaz asked his four men, of his four men, Who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? And the man, the foreman replied, she's the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She has been hard at work ever since. She has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes rest in the shelter. This is a young woman. She was working hard to the point that everyone noticed it. Everyone knew that she was a hard worker. Everyone knew that she was kind to her mother-in-law, that she did everything the mother-in-law wanted her to do, that she was respectful. Everybody knew good things about, about, about um, Ruth. Here, even the workers noticed it, that she was hard working. She was hard working. To be a determined person, you cannot, again, I say it over and over, you cannot take the easy road of ease. Work hard. Work hard. It's 90% of sweat. Let's look at some of the benefits. This is beautiful. For her working hard and being noticed. See what? And for us, even working with the Lord in the field. That's another application of it. Because Ruth went into the field. We have been called as harvesters also to work in the field. To harvest in the field. Look at what this woman, because she was obedient and she was in the field working and she was hard working. Look at what happened for her. Ruth chapter 2 verse 8. Then Boaz said to Ruth, you will listen my daughter, will you not? Do not glean in another field nor go from here, but stay close to my young women. What does that mean? This is a woman that, a widow, she didn't have friends. She was in a foreign land. She didn't have friends. She didn't have companions. She left it all behind because of her determination. But see what God did. God provided her with young women to become friends with. Because of her determination and because she was working in the field, in the master's field, the master provided friendships and companionship for her. Listen to me. Your friends that are in the world will only lead you to sin. All that, I'm going to go out there and convert them. Half of the time, they end up converting us. You know what I mean, right? Let your friends be people that are in the church. Let your friends be people that are godly. Because once you give in a little bit, the enemy knows how to draw you in and destroy you. Look at what she did. She gave it all up, but look at what God provided for her. 
companions and other young women for her to develop friendships with. The less the other thing that walking on the field, walking with the master and being determined did for Ruth. Ruth chapter 2 verse 9. It says, let your eyes be on the field. That's the, the, the uh, boy is telling her that now. It says, let your eyes be on the field that they read. Be focused and go after them. Go after the souls. Look at those, know those that need help. Go after them. He says, have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? Protection. Walking in the field gave her protection. Nobody was, was going to touch her. He would make sure, the master would make sure nobody touches you. The master will make sure no evil comes near you. The master will make sure that nobody comes to harm you. Because his eyes, he has seen you. He has seen your hard work. He has seen your determination and he's given those angels charge over you. And he tells you, don't worry, nothing will hurt you. Doesn't the Bible say nothing will by any means hurt you? I have given my angels charge over you. Lest you dash even your foot against a stone. That's why the scripture here is being fulfilled for Ruth. Because she was a hard-working, determined woman. Walking in the field for her master. The next thing we see in, in Ruth chapter 2 verse 9b. Boaz says to her, and when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. You will eat where you did not plant. God will bring people that will help you when you are determined. God will bring destiny helpers to you. God will make sure that they refresh you. He told her, go drink. Just go to the vessels and drink whenever you are thirsty. You don't have to go get the water. Somebody else will get the water for you. As long as you are working for me, I will make sure you have the strength. I will make sure you are well refreshed to do the work that I have called you to do. God will never give us the short end of things. Never. Look at what determination and hard work in the field with the master provided for Ruth. This next one is the one that got me to my knees earlier this week. Because you can easily miss it. In Ruth chapter 2 verse 16, and I'm going to read it in King James Version. And I did research and I found that this was the most, because it, it took me a little bit aback when I read it. So I went and I studied and I found that this was exactly what they meant. Let's read it, Ruth chapter 2, verse 16, the King James Version, Teresa put it up. And the master said to the workers, he says, And let fall also some of the handfuls, read that, handfuls of purpose, not handfuls on purpose. There's a big difference. He says, let fall for her handfuls of, of purpose. When you put that off in place of the on, it completely changes everything. Handfuls on purpose means I leave it here for you to find it. I do it on purpose, but it's still leading you to something else. It's just a stepping stone to something else. But if I leave handfuls off purpose, it means the purpose you were called for, I'm going to leave handfuls of them for you. So as you walk in the field, you are going to stumble into the purpose for which you were created. 
And those handfuls will be left for you to find them. And we're not talking about just one. God says, I will leave you handfuls of purpose. You see what determination can do? You see what determination and working for God can do? It is in working for God that you find your purpose. It is in working for God that you find meaning. It is in working for God that you find fulfillment. It's working for God that you find the end of everything. And He's not going to give it to you sparingly. He's going to leave it for you in handfuls. In handfuls. In handfuls. In handfuls. Not handfuls on purpose, but handfuls of purpose. And then he said, leave them that she may get them and rebuke her not. Satan will not rebuke you or come near you when you're walking in purpose. God makes sure of it. But you have to be where those purposes are. Handfuls of purpose are only found if you are in the field working for the master. Handfuls of purpose are only found if you are determined to go after the master, if you are determined to do what has been called and, and purpose for you to do. Handfuls of purpose. The master will make sure he lives for you and that no one will take from you. The work of a harvester is tough. Talking about determination. Do you know what it is to be a harvester? We read the scriptures, oh, the, the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. Do you know how hard it is to do this from morning till night? Picking, picking, grain, taking the sheaves and doing that all day, all day with only a few hours of rest. That's what it means to be a harvester. It means you're going to be at it for souls. You don't take a break. That's why we do the TV ministry. That's why we are doing out this rich, rich, uh, the lost thing we are doing. Extend the rich. That's why you see the Spanish ministry, they go out on the streets. That's why you see us doing the pantry that we do. That's it, because we don't want to let go. We know we are harvesters. We know we'll be put in the field. We know that the harvest is plentiful. And that if we don't work, and if we are not on time, and if we are not determined, some of them are go wasted, my, my God rotten. Because it says the harvest is plentiful. And because the laborers are few, some of us that have put our hand on the plow, we will not look back. The work of a harvester is tough. But that's where your purpose is. That's where your handfuls of purpose will be, will be found. And when you get that, when you, when you finish harvesting, it's not the end of it. You have to gather them up. You have to get the people together. You have to train them. You have to teach them. You have to disciple them. You have to encourage them. Speak what will convict them also. Because you are taking them to the threshing floor. We are talking about the determined Christian. And the one who is walking like Ruth. In the field. You take those bundles and you go to the threshing floor. And you take that stick. And you beat that grain to separate the chaff from the real thing. Isn't that what we've been called to? That's all part of the harvest. 
for the things that help them get rid of those things, those weights. The Bible says that easily entangle them. And us as well. You beat it out of you. And you have beat it out of them if you've been called to be a harvester. And then you blow that thing and you blow the shaft out. So that when the master comes, he comes for the grain. The grain that is pure. The grain that is, is, is heavy. The grain that is not burdened with all the shaft is clean. That's the work of a harvester. And that's what we've been called to do. It says, go you out into all the world and preach the gospel all over the world. To the nation. To your neighborhood. Everywhere. That's our job. Nobody's coming to do it for us. We, we, we have to do it. Now, when Ruth was doing all of these things, four times I read, there was four times she was introduced in the book of Ruth. The first time when the people introduced her, they called her Ruth the Moabite woman. I'm talking about her past following her. Because some of us will say, oh, you know what? I was, I'm divorced, so I don't, I don't think I can do this. Or, you know, this happened to me as a child, so I don't think I can do this. This woman was never introduced just as Ruth, except one time in Matthew, when they were putting her in the lineage of Jesus. But in the book of Ruth, the fourth time she was introduced, she was introduced to the villagers as Ruth the Moabite. She was introduced to Boaz as Ruth the Moabite. In the village square, she was introduced as Ruth the Moabite. After she, had, uh, uh, the, the, after she got married and had the son, Obed, she was also called Ruth the Moabite. Everywhere she went, her past trailed her. Every time her name was mentioned, Moab was attached. And Moab got called the drag, the wash pot, the scum of the earth. God was against them because Moab came from Lot, Lot and the, the, the daughter's incest. That's where Moab came from. When his daughter, Lord's daughter, slept with, with, with the father. So God was, that was the, we call them the wash pot. That means the dregs of the earth. That's where she came from. And that's what they, when she was in Judah, they never called her just Ruth. She was always Ruth the Moabite. But did that stop this woman? No. She kept on what she knew was the right thing to do. And I told you last week, and I'm telling you again, let them call you what they will call you. As long as you don't call yourself that, you cannot be stopped. Everybody will not like you. And even though sometimes that to your face they like you, if you are a flower on the wall and hear what they say about you when you are not there, you will fall down in shock. But if you let that stop you, it's your own purpose that you are defeating. Not them. This woman was called everywhere she was introduced. She wasn't, and she was there. It wasn't that she wasn't there when they introduced her. She was there when she heard them introducing her. It didn't stop her. It didn't stop her. Your past, your failures, make them work for you. Your pain must never be in vain. You were abused as a child, painful. Anytime you see that person or, or you see something similar, it, it, it just makes you want to crawl. But 
Stay with God. Let it be a ministry for you. Let that pain, use it to help somebody else. Let that failure stand up again. The Bible says the righteous man will fall seven times. When you fall, get up. When you fail, get up. We all fail. If you don't sit down there, if you don't give up, there's hope for tomorrow. Her past followed her everywhere she went. Number five, she rested at the master's feet. I'm talking about the person with determination. You have to learn to go to his feet and just stay there. Because that's where you can get your strength. We see this in Ruth chapter 3 verse 3 and then verse 5. The, mom, the mother-in-law telling her, he says, Now do as I tell you. Take a bath and put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. He says, be sure to notice where he lies down. Be sure to go to him where he is. Don't go rest where Jesus is not. Don't go to a church where the word of God is not preached. Don't listen to people that don't have the word of God. Don't listen to any prophecy if that person hasn't proved themselves to know God. Be sure to know where he is before you go plant yourself there. He says, be sure to notice where he lies down. Make sure the place is comfortable for Jesus before you go there. He says, then go and uncover his feet and lie down there. That's a sign of submission. When you lie down at somebody's feet in the old days, he's saying that I submit to you. I give it all to you. You are my Lord. You are my Master. I put my faith in your hands. And look at what Naomi told Ruth. He says, he will tell you what to do. When you rest at his feet, when you stay where he is, you can be sure the master will give you instructions. But he says, take a bath. How do we bathe to get clean? We bathe in the blood of Jesus. He says, put on perfume. How do we put on perfume? The Holy Spirit. He says, dress up in your nicest clothes. How do we dress up in our clothes? We put on the robe of righteousness. And we put on the armor that it tells us in Ephesians chapter 6. We put on the whole armor of God. He says, you take a bath in the blood. You put on the perfume of the Holy Spirit. And then you dressed in your robe of righteousness. And then go looking for where his presence is. And go lay down at his feet. Submit to him. Hallelujah. I don't know about you guys, but when I see some of these things in scriptures, I'm hollering in my room all by myself at 2 a.m. So please, I hope you all know, and when I see this, I'm really. He says, uncover his feet. Lay there. You are not in a hurry. You just lay there and then you wait. You wait. Because when you lay there, he will tell you what you need to do. That's a portrait of determination. Finally, Ruth was rewarded. Ruth chapter 4, verse 13 and 6, 17. It says, So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception and she bore his son. Verse 17. Also the neighbor women came, gave him a name saying, 
there has been a son born to Naomi. When you are walking in the purpose of God and God starts to do things in your life, it's not only attributed to you, it's going to be attributed to other people as well. That child was her child, but it was also Naomi's child, right? And they called his name Obed. And he's the father of Jesse, the father of David, the father of Jesus. And if you go to Matthew chapter 1, Ruth is no longer mentioned as Ruth the Moabite anymore. Ruth finds her place right there. Just Ruth. Because she found purpose, handfuls of purpose. Because she was determined, even though she didn't know where she was going to. Even though she didn't know how she would be provided for. But she said it with her mouth. She said, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Just for that, God honored this woman and put her in name in prosperity. That's why today we named our children Ruth. That's why today we can talk about her here. Because there was a woman who was determined. And when she was determined, the enemy stopped talking to her. I don't know what it is you want to do. I don't know what is burning in your heart that you want to do for God. I know every one of you looking at me, you have something. I know it. Because when God saves you, he puts that thing in you that is burning inside of you. The question is, how determined are you? You saw Ruth, what she went through to become all that she became and to have her name now written. Jesus is called the son of David. And David couldn't have come if Ruth didn't come. So what is that thing as you stand to your feet this morning? What is that thing that God is asking you to do? Would you be determined this morning? And so for the next five minutes, we are going to pray. We are going to pray the purposes of God in. We are all going to put that thing before the Lord. If you want to come out here, or if you want to walk around, or if you want to stand, just take a comfortable position. We are going to pray for a good five minutes this morning. We are not in a hurry. It's 12.03. We will be here for at least another five to eight minutes. If there's something that you want God to do, you need to come. And sometimes nobody needs to lay hand on us. It's just that you make up your mind and say from now on, that is it. If this woman, Ruth, look at what she went through to, to get to purpose, I too can do that. If you are there this morning, you can come here, you can stay wherever you are, but I want us to pray. And I want you, if you have your prayer language, we are going to pray in our prayer language first. And then go from there and I'll pray my understanding for every one of us here, including me. Because there are some things I'm determined to do and I'm not holding back. Oh, Rabba Shanderebo Kiataraba. Konderebo Sheterebo Kenderebaka.